0: Hello and welcome to Wine Blast. This is the second of our Wine Survival Guide special editions, our small antidotes to the current coronavirus chaos. I'm Susie Barry and I'm here, as ever, with my husband and fellow master of wine, Peter Richards. Which I suppose is to be expected, really, given everyone's pretty much stuck with their other halves at the moment. (laughs) Thanks a lot.
1: Like, yeah, I'll try and take that as positively as I can. I mean um, it positively. Right, thank you. I'm glad you've clarified. I mean, lucky enough to be stuck with it, I don't know. Um, well, to be honest, I'll take what I can get. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think it might be an idea just to paint the picture right now for everyone listening of what we're doing. We are essentially sitting at home. <laughs> We are. Uh, huddled as around the microphone. Uh, we, we, as is everyone. Um, and the blinds are drawn, so it's a pretty dark and dingy uh, atmosphere right now. But we've drawn the blinds in a sort of pathetic attempt to reduce the echoiness of the sound, which I'm not sure is working brilliantly, but we, we, we keep doing it. Um, the kids are plugged into their iPads, aren't they? They are. Um, they are indeed, they're as under ever. they strict orders not <laughs> to make a sound, so they're, they're sort of terrified and barely breathing. But to be honest I'm not sure they ever really breathe anyway when they're watching their screens. I don't
0: think they do. In a limit state. The the one saving grace, of course, is the large glasses of wine that we both have to hand, which I have to confess is pretty normal in this household. Yep, yep. But it's also today because we have had a fantastic day. It's been good, hasn't it? It's been a good day. It's been a really good day. And I think at the moment we all need to celebrate the positives where we possibly can. Yeah, whatever it is. But today, why was today a good day? Well, Mm. it was a good day because Wine Blast officially blasted off. Woo! We launched. So for once, well, for once we probably deserve a large glass of wine. Maybe. (laughs) That's what I'm telling myself. I think we
1: deserve it pretty often. Uh, But we've done it, haven't we? We have yes, with that, and then, then it's a bit weird because just to explain, you know, we've had a few episodes ready to go. We've produced a few. Uh, our first wine survival guide we did just before the launch. We wanted to get everything ready for launch, and then we launched. And this is uh, we're actually recording this on the day, the day of, of, of that we actually officially launched, exactly. uh, which has been a bit weird, but it's been it's been amazing, hasn't it? And we've had some. Really what's been great is we've had some lovely, lovely feedback already, and we're so massively grateful to that. So thank you to everyone who's been kind enough to get in touch. Um, we've got a few examples here. Uh, Amanda um, called the show isolation inspiration she's got a way with words she, she? has a way with um, words and she wrote on instagram uh, i promised myself i'd take up a new hobby during these lockdown times and this is a lot more fun than knitting should we take that i think we'll take that. i'll take i'll take anything um so I'm, I'm seeing right now i'm seeing a new strap line for the show you know Marginally more fun than knitting. Uh, can we see? Can we see some? That, merchandise? Is that
0: class as blowing our own trumpets?
1: <laughs> Not really. I mean, Amanda, we love you. Thank you for warming <laughs> our hearts and for making us laugh.
0: <laughs> you did. Then there was actually also was lovely message from from Claire, mm. um, who got in touch to say she was laughing out loud at our first episode. Um, I'm pretty sure in a good way.
1: Yeah. Well. Yes, pretty sure Again, we're taking everything positively today because
0: uh, well she did write it's so nice to hear your lovely natural banter i love that it gives listeners an authentic flavor of who you are she didn't go quite as far as to say that we were clearly too old soaks <laughs> but i think she was probably being kind
1: yeah yeah she's she's kind uh, and then the great Jancis robinson uh, said she was enjoying the show despite being overwhelmed by the amount of online stuff about wine so so that is high praise indeed from one of the finest wine communicators ever so we yeah. are truly truly grateful thank you everyone please do keep the comments and feedback coming in uh, either directly to us or, or uh, as better still I guess as a review or a rating uh, on your listening platform be it Apple, Spotify, Google or, or whatever and of course please do subscribe because then you'll get to hear all the exciting next instalments Speaking of which
0: we've been on Zoom again haven't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been calling chili. and and you were speaking with Viviana Navarrete, one of the well countries. Pronounced. I'll do my best. One of the country's very best winemakers who is in charge of operations at Vigna Leda uh, mm. and that's in the the cool coastal San Antonio area.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was chatting to Viviana when I was in Chile in February, which which seems like a lifetime ago now. Um back then we've been discussing how the twenty twenty vintage was shaping up to be a difficult sort of atypical year because it's been super hot and dry. So I wanted to check back in by the magic of of the internet, as you say, Zoom, thank you very much, uh, on how the harvest uh, was coming along. Early April is usually the thick of vintage activity in Chile, but um, more specifically, I wanted to get a feel for how she was coping um, with the coronavirus chaos, lockdowns, which have been affecting so many winemakers across the Southern Hemisphere.
2: Now, in this very moment, I'm at home, um, but well, we are just finishing our harvest, uh, the 2020 harvest. It has been a lot of challenge this year. So there's a lot of mixed feelings about it, a lot of rough things to go through but at the end i think uh, we have finished with total success i would say
1: okay so so i'm going to ask you about the rough bits and the nice bits but just to, just to start with uh, how are you i mean you know a winemaker in a in a busy vintage it's it's how how are you feeling
2: i'm feeling right now well very tired but i would say that it has been a very difficult harvest because let me explain to you, I'm a winemaker and I love my work and I'm full passion about it, but also I'm a mother of three children. So I would say this, this is my toughest uh, harvest during my uh, 20 years that I have been winemaker because I, it's always the same when I'm in the harvest, I just forget about everything about my family and just focus on making wines, which I adore. But this year I have to try to manage a little bit the harvest, which is, it has been very difficult to manage because of the all the situation that the world is living, but at the same time to manage my family because I have my three kids at home uh, with a lot of homework, with a lot of things to do, and I haven't helped them in anything because my focus is in wine. So it has been very tough for me to try to balance my both worlds, And I think I have done good for the wines, but bad for my children. (laughs) So now I think it's time to focus more a little bit in them.
1: How old are your children?
2: The oldest is 10. The second wine, Isidora, is uh, eight years old. And the smallest, Emilia, is five.
1: Wow. So they
2: need the presence and the help of uh, their mother now in this uh, in
1: this moment i'm sure what I'm sure. so what happens normally during vintage then because i suppose during a normal vintage you're away a lot anyway aren't you
2: well in normal vintages they do their schedule at, at the school they love sports so everybody arrives at their at my house late in the afternoon the jose domingo and isidora they do basketball they do ballet so they arrive late during the week and they spend all their times in the school so they're used to their that rhythm and they know that their mom is making wine. So if I arrive at my house at 10 p.m. and they are sleeping, they say, okay, that's okay. Uh, but now they wake up in the morning and I'm not there and they spend all the day here at the house um, uh, waiting for the mom to come. Uh, they know that all the fam- families are doing quarentena and all the families are staying in their houses together, but, their mom is not so for them like it's weird to understand that all of our country is inside their houses uh, taking care of the health but their mommy is outside working Uh, i think for them it's difficult to do the because my husband is in the house as well Uh, so maybe that they don't understand and always ask me when are you going to work in their house when are you going to stay so well this is my very first day staying at home at home they were very happy uh but say oh it's only today (laughs) it's only for today tomorrow i come back to the cellar
1: and then and then i'm taking your time you're talking to me so i I feel really bad now um so so this has been emotionally a very difficult vintage for you as well as physically which it would be normally so you said you're going back tomorrow so do you still was talking in early april do, do you still have a lot to do
2: Well, actually, today we're finishing the harvest of the SIDA, which I would love to wait a little bit for more ripeness, but I couldn't because the thing is in the cellar, we are worried about the people and we don't know if the government is going to close the cellar. So as a philosophy, we said, "Okay, let's harvest as much as we can and put all the grapes safe in the cellar and try to work with the pumping over etc and that is safer although maybe the city is going to be a little bit greener than what I would have loved to but you know in this scenery you have to be smart and try to do the best for the winery and yes we're trying to manage everything because people are um, uh, we are trying to we're working with less people so our oldest workers, we just are by far the best one because they know everything. And they are so passionate. Unfortunately, we have to ask them to go home to take care for their health. So you see, every time we are working with less people, so we have to make all of this uh, uh, quicker.
1: Wow. So quite a quite a puzzle to work out for you. Yeah. Um, now... So, so do you think a lot of people are harvesting earlier than they would have in Chile for yeah. the for the same reason?
2: For the same reason, even people. I have a lot of friends that are are winemaker. I don't work with Carmenere, but many of them do, and they are just going to finish some of them this week uh, or others in the next next week harvesting Carmenere green. You know that the skins are green, the the seeds are not woody enough, uh, but it's the thing that they have to do.
1: And Carmenere okay. usually something that is harvested very, very late. Sometimes people in the past have been harvesting it into May or mid-May, which is the equivalent of mid-November in our hemisphere, which is very, very late. Exactly. That said, there has been a trend recently in Chile to harvest these things a bit earlier, to get more freshness into the wines. Um, and, as, you know, I remember 20, and you will remember very well, 2016, which didn't affect you so badly, but for most of the country, the Central Valley, torrential rain at harvest meant that people just had to harvest things early. Uh, even though they wouldn't normally have. And funnily enough, a lot of the results of that have been that winemakers picked things far earlier than they would have. And actually they thought, hang on, hang on, these wines have turned out okay. So as a result, a lot of people are harvesting earlier. So I wonder if the same effect will happen from the 2020 vintage as well.
2: We hope. I hope that this helps. Sometimes nature is smarter or things in the world give you signals and you have to take them. And as you say, yeah, 2016 gave birth to beautiful Cabernet Sauvignon, pressure, lower alcohol, and many people were very happy about it. Maybe this time it's going to be with the, the Caminier. It will be the year 's surprise, maybe.
1: <laughs> and um, 2020, until this time, you know, I was out talking to you in, in February, it was looking like a, a difficult vintage anyway. It was extremely hot, uh, a lot of drought, um, there'd been some frost early in the season, there's uneven ripening, you know, how's it um, ended up?
2: Well, you're right. This to, to 2020 was warmer than normal years. It was not as warmer as 2017, That I remember that year, I didn't like it at all. This year, the harvest was uh, about 15 days earlier than normal. Anyway, it happened something weird because the Pinot Noir started to ripe uh, very quickly. So we are we were very worried, working in the vineyard, tasting the berries, we didn't stop uh, irrigating at all because last year was very dry season. So we received 50 millimeters of rain. That's nothing. Mm. Uh, in Leda, usually we received 250 to three, 3 300 millimeters. So it was a very dry year. Year we didn't stop uh, irrigating, but uh, we were very aware about the grapes tasting, making analysis. Uh, and we started well 15 days earlier than normal with uh, 20 with 12 to twelve point five alcohol level, beautiful Pinot.
1: Okay, well, I'm liking the sound of the Pinot. So, you know, to 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 to, to have a positive note here, 2020 will rem- will be remembered for lots of bad reasons. Um, what's going to be the good reason to remember 2020 from your point of view in uh, later wines?
2: I would say definitely Pinot Noir. I- I'm really happy, and you know, uh, now that I'm finishing my harvest, and I say, okay, it was so tired, everything, my, my head is like full of things and disappointment and feeling of sad, sadness. And sometimes I feel very alone in the winery, but at the end you say, thanks God that in Leyda and in Chile was a warmer vintage because normal years or even the coolers as, as 2015, it was a very cold year. I started my harvest the 20th of March. Imagine started the 20th of March harvesting my first Pinot Noir and now, um, 10 years after, I will be just beginning my harvest and with all this COVID situation, that um, there's uh, many people cannot travel even from Santiago to our cellar. We had to take people off the winery with less workers, with uh, less trucks going through the highways. So it would have been a nightmare, and I thank God uh, that He brought us a little bit warmer temperatures because I'm finishing my harvest. So I would say that being said, uh, Pinot Noir quality are beautiful. I am really, really exciting. Uh, we're trying to push and make a, a Pinot Noir in, in an upper segment. To, to I would I would think this year we're gonna. Uh, a lunch a pinot noir that is upper the lot category this is our most important pinot noir and i would think that it would be beautiful because it was so hard vintage with a lot of challenges but to see that when you are patient passion enough and you have beautiful workers that they it doesn't matter that they left their families out they're putting all their energy in taking the vintage uh, ahead to see that you can do beautiful wines, I think it, it blows your heart and it makes you feel so happy and proud at the end. So it's a mix of feelings that we are very tired, but at the end we see, oh, when you work as a team and very close, you can get beautiful results.
1: Yeah, that's a lovely, lovely way of saying it. Finally, and I look forward to toasting this vintage with you in due course with a beautiful Pinot Noir difficult one what is your ideal quarantine wine so if you can have one wine the government says you can't go out anymore but you can have that wine for the rest of your time in quarantine what is it
2: i'm very fan of sauvignon blanc i think it's one of the varieties that i could have no matter which pairing of food even i could have a barbecue with sauvignon blanc because it's uh, such a beautiful grape variety. Okay, and but I need one
1: wine and it's not allowed to be yours either.
2: Ah, eh, I love uh, Silek Sauvignon Blanc from um, Benjamin D'Angelo. Eh, maybe it's the, the, the palate that it has. It's a, a Sauvignon Blanc that you could eat. Eh, it doesn't looks like, uh, um, maybe it's not as sharp and crispy as you expect of a Sauvignon Blanc, but it's just the texture into it that I think is so fantastic. I would love to drink that all day.
1: Great choice. Thank you very much, Viviana.
2: Thanks, Peter, for the connection. And I hope your family and you stay safe, safe and sound.
1: So uh, Viviana was clearly quite emotional there. I think, bless her, wasn't she? Uh, I think this this sort of coronavirus chaos is, is testing everyone in ways that none of us ever imagined possible,
0: isn't it? It is. But, but if there are positives too. I mean, for example, as she says, Mm. if 2020 hadn't been such a hot, dry early year, it might have been a complete disaster. Mm. I mean, as it is, she can protect some of her workers um, and she can still get the grapes more or less in and the, the wines are starting to be made.
1: Mm, yeah, and, and and it looks like there might be some delicious Pinot Noir too, doesn't it? It sounds like it, which will be interesting. Always good uh, news. Yeah, we love a bit of Pinot, don't we? And did you notice you've got a little exclusive there on a new top Pinot that might be coming I out? I did. In which, which is interesting, one to keep an eye on. Um, and also just finally, just to pick up on the fact that she said that everyone in Chile is harvesting really early this year because they have to because they're worried about what's going to happen is the your lockdown going to increase so there could be some really really fresh easy drinking crunchy lively vivacious wines from Chile in the 2020 vintage which is which is always good.
0: Oh it is but um oh and as for I mean as for choosing Selex by Gag D- Gaggenau? Gaganau. Uh, Did I say Gaganau? They make fridges, don't they? Dagano.
1: Dagano. As her quarantine
0: one. wine. Um, well Either way, she's got great taste. If she chooses Gaggenau or Dagenau, (laughs) she's she's got great taste. She's not
1: that desperate. But um, that does bring us, not particularly neatly, but it does bring (laughs) us onto our our next item, which is um, a tasting, which we've done, of of delicious wines with a difference. Um, It's been a challenging year, uh, I think, hasn't it, for for, for UK wine suppliers and retailers. Of course, more challenging for the entree for restaurants and whatnot, but but retailers, they've just had to adapt to a new uh, reality. Um, So we've tried to support them by putting together a wine in the time of coronavirus listing uh, of wine suppliers keen to keep supplying uh, and supporting us wine lovers. We we did that on our wine festival website Um, and others have done the same thing. One of the pioneers here was Jancis Robinson who we already mentioned. I know that other people have done it as well. Um, Victoria Moore mentioned it in the Telegraph, didn't she? Yeah. Just trying to support really.
0: So in this tasting uh, what we're doing is actually focusing on the Majestic Wine operation Mm. uh, which recently closed all its stores and turned them into distribution hubs for home deliveries. Majestic has apparently been inundated with orders since the lockdown. Their website, I think, is just about holding up. But the times during which you can place an order are restricted and then deliveries are quoted as within 14 days. So they do take a little bit of time. Mm.
1: But I think it's always worth contacting your local store if you can, um, because they can prioritise certain people and they can be a bit more nimble, can't they, if if you can get through. But um, when you finally do get through, here are some fantastic wines to go for.
0: So we've got four wines lined up here. They're they're quite an eclectic range, but they are all, I'd say, they're all going to keep us very happy while we're while we're stuck at home. So uh, we're kicking off with um with a with
1: a fizz. Mm-hmm. Should should we mention at this stage that um, I tried to say this beforehand. I said we have four lines lined up. You did. Do- <laughs>
0: You is that even, a good sign? You haven't even started drinking. Does that, does that bode well? <laughs> Not really, but, uh, but there's two of us. <laughs> I can which take note, over. Let's have a sip. So this is Chapel Down Brute. So it's an English sparkling wine, traditional method. So it's made in the same way that champagne's made. It's just the most easy drinking, elegant, classic blend. It's a blend of chardonnay, pinot noir, with some pinot blanc and pinot meunier. So it's pretty, pretty classic blend, and it's just so easy drinking, isn't it?
1: It is. I think they've really nailed this, haven't they? I think they've worked on this really hard. Chapel Down, you know, the biggest winery in the UK. A brute is, you know, it's, it's it's quite widely distributed, isn't it?
0: Yep, you can get it a lot of places. I mean, obviously, Majestic, um, and yeah, we're this, talking so about Majestic. What? It's about twenty. Well, it, it goes from twenty six ninety nine if you if you do a mix six thing. Um, it's twenty six ninety nine, which is. Pretty average for an English sparkler, um, and the fruit isn't just from Kent because Chapel Down are obviously in Kent, but it's from Kent, Essex, Sussex, Dorset. Mm. Dorset they they kind of source their fruit all over. It's just a really drinkable wine.
1: Absolutely, because you often think of of England as being you know high acid grapes and really tangy styles. Um but actually
0: Which is nice, but this isn't as much, no, you know, it's it's much softer. Much and, rounder yeah, and you've got yeah.
1: those bready, lovely sort of yeah. classic autolytic notes which you'd associate with champagne typically, it's wouldn't your, you? But but the, the acidity here is not jarring. It's no. just refreshing and it's really well balanced. But it's quite a sort of succulent, rounded style as you say. It is. It?
0: It's the perfect way to kick that, off your evening. That's and nice then way. you move on. <laughs> right. Move on to what? <laughs> We're going to move on to something Who are you moving really, on to re- <laughs> really a bit. This is properly different. Mm. So this is a, a Royal Tokai. Dry Tokai ferment from Hungary. So normally we'd associate Tokai with a dessert wine. Mm. This is not. It's, uh, it's a delicious made, dessert wine a, as well. Delicious, it's amazing dessert wine. But, um, but this is a dry wine. It's a mm. dry white. And what's, I think, fascinating about this when you taste it, it sort of has a nod to Burgundy, that sort of slightly savoury Burgund- Burgundian toasty style, but there's more peachy fruit. And to me, that's coming from from the ferment.
1: Mm. i mean the the bottle looks great doesn't it it's all black um very very stylish um Royal Tocai make amazing single vineyard sweet wines, but also do brilliant, brilliant dry wines. And I think they're, they're kind of at the forefront of this renaissance of dry wines from Tocai yeah. and form it naturally high acidity, isn't it? Yeah, um, And they've aged it a little bit in oak, hence, hence that sort of slight toasty savouriness.
0: I think that's, you know, the, when you say this high acidity, that's what makes this wine work, because otherwise it would be a little bit soft and too soft and rounded. To me, that acidity is what you would get in Burgundy as well. And it's what makes it a bit like Burgundy and for me 11 or well, 1099 actually 1099 mm. is a 2016 vintage if you had that with roast chicken mm. or a fish pie or your salmon and quinoa if you're being a little bit more um, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit more healthy and a lot of people i've talked to recently are, are trying to be really healthy because they're they're at home and they they're on a health kick and they they're doing their exercise every day so you know but it's a really really special Unique style of wine, and I think that's the kind of thing we should be drinking while we're we're stuck at see, home. That makes no sense
1: to me. Why? Why when you're stuck at home? Why not just pig out? I mean, that's your chance. Oh, I it's see what the chance. What you gonna you going know, to say
0: about not drinking unique wines? Oh no,
1: no, no, drink drink unique wines, but just just go for it. You know, slob out, well, have fun to some right? extent, maybe at, anyway, at the weekend. But to be serious, that that the 2016 this 2016 vintage is, yeah. I think, a step up from the 2015. Yeah, you're we've... right. It's mineral. It's flinty. It's gorgeous. It's different. It's a bit challenging, but put it yeah. with food. Really, 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 a fantastic. And we are actually
0: just incidentally, we are fun. going to put all of these wines on our website, so you don't need to, to remember what what we're yeah. talking you know, about do you, here. Do
1: you know what they um what they used to call uh, sweet Tokai?
0: I do not.
1: Medieval Viagra. Nothing to say there, really. You don't want to explore that one.
0: Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Rustenberg. We're moving on to a red. Um, now this would um, would keep your pecker up because it is. It's a lovely. Concert. Do you not like that? Rich, rich and um, yet elegant mm, mm. South African red. Rustenberg, great producer. This is the R.M. Nicholson mm. from Stellenbosch, 2016 vintage. Again, ironically, um, and it is gorgeous. It is. A, it's 11.99, I think. Mm. It's. It's very much like. A South African version of of a Bordeaux,
1: yeah, which is bad because it is made from Shiraz, isn't it? It's got Shiraz Merlot. Interesting, cabernet. yeah, Shiraz
0: Merlot cabernet. So it's, so it's an an not the obvious, blend. It's not a classic Bordeaux, Bordeaux blend.
1: blend. But oh, this is amazing value for money. It's eleven ninety nine, which is not the cheapest. But I think you'd struggle to get a Bordeaux that's that drinkable and friendly and round, but also so complex. The tannin here. Is really fine, fine and yeah. and and lovely and present. It's it's a really grown up wine. If you're talking wine. about sort of new, funky, modern South African producers, aren't they? But Rustenberg, in that context, is a bit more traditional. But yeah. this is just a you know they make fantastic wines, and this is a great example of what they do.
0: They do, they do. But we've got a finisher here. Now this this we? finisher, Come on. this is it. A finisher, isn't
1: it? This and this is wine number you know, four. We both leapt out of our chairs at this wine it's just so fun and delicious this is the Nivola Lambrusco now we all remember Lambrusco don't we it's that rubbish gut rot which which no one touches <laughs> that's it's weirdly fizzy and red at the and same sweet. time and sweet and you think, well
0: what? red or white it could be either Yeah. Um,
1: what is this stuff This is kind of slightly new wave Lambrusco.
0: Well, it's new wave and old as well, isn't it? You know, Mm, it's it's super traditional to get a dry red Lambrusco from the Emilia Romano region. You know, this is the traditional Lambrusco, but it's not what Mm. we know as Lambrusco. But you look at
1: it when it goes in the glass and it's deep purple and then you smell and you don't even have to put your nose anywhere near the glass these aromas of fresh dark cherries just leap out they of do the glass
0: completely don't they. completely and to me you know if you if we get some good weather if you get good weather mm. at any point and you want to do the do a barbecue you know get get the coals burning this is the perfect wine to drink in the sunshine. It's cool, but then to eat with your smoky, savoury, meaty barbecue. Well, it doesn't even need to be meaty. It could be vegetables on a skewer with some nice, Tomatoes. This nice go marinade. Well with tomato and yeah, vegetables. Uh, yeah. I mean, what a great wine. We love it. How much does
1: it cost? Well, it's eleven ninety nine, which I think is an absolute steal. And the thing about Lambrusco is, is, you know, it's all about the acidity, as with so many Italian wines. It's got fresh acidity and those fine bubbles, and just a tiny hint of sugar. It's, it's, Dry, but you've got a tiny hint of succulence there, and you it's know what so else? refreshing what
0: ten point five per cent alcohol mm. so you can drink a little bit more of
1: it you can you can drink it chilled chilled out of the fridge, which is again ideal for a sunny day if you get warm weather. It's refreshing, it's savory, it's fun, and the most important thing of all it brings pleasure and joy and a smile to your face I'm smiling. Well, our aim is always to raise a smile, so I think that's a great result. Um, And here's hoping the country, or indeed the whole world, may shortly be fuelled entirely by Lambrusco.
0: Interesting thought. Hmm. (laughs) On which note, we bid you a fond farewell. As ever, wine details and all show notes are on our website susieandpeter.com. Please do send us in your questions or comments via social media. We're on Insta as Susie and Peter and Twitter as Wineschools for him and Susie Barry for me. Remember to use the hashtag wineblast.
1: If you can, please do take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review on your listening platform of choice. We'd really, really appreciate it. And of course, please do also subscribe as we'll be hearing more intriguing stories and messages of joy and positivity from Italy, China and beyond in upcoming instalments.
0: But for now, it's goodbye and cheers.